Hey y'all, this is Must or Mash, the podcast where we ask which is best, wine, wine or beer. I'm Colleen allerton Oye. I'm a New Orleans chef and sommelier, and I'm one half of Luncheon Pop-Ups and Catering. And I'm Danny Oye. I'm a trained chef from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I'm the head brewer at Port Orleans Brewing Company. I also bottle my own hot sauce. Oh yay, that's hot. And I'm here to kick Colleen's butt. Oh, my husband and I love talking about and fighting about food and wine and beer. So we did what any millennials would do and started a podcast about it. Each episode, we break down a situation given to us by one of y'all and battle it out. Wine versus beer. A.K.A. must or mash. But nobody goes home until there's a winner. Seriously, our marriage depends on it. Let's do it. Welcome back to Monster Mash. This episode, we're going on a third date. What does that mean to you? Yeah, what does that mean? Did, I know. Did you read the prompt, Danny? <laughs> did you did you come prepared? No, I mean it's just like a funny prompt. Okay. It's sounds like you didn't interesting. read it. Interesting. I read it. So what it said was wine or beer to impress. So you're like, you know, on this third date with this person, you want to impress them. So this is where, okay, who are we trying to impress? Because you and I are married to each other, famously married to one another. Sure, but I think that... This is in retrospect, like... No, 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 no. I think those who date... um, (laughs) Those who date? By the time you get to your third date, I mean, you've gone through two dates already, okay? So... (laughs) That's which leads math. into number three. That is the you math. Know? Yeah, you're um, right. You already have a sense of how you feel about this person, mm, okay. right? This isn't yeah. first date. Right. Like you're not you're like, going in. You're not going in blind. You right. you have had hopefully had discussions. Mm-hmm. You've spoken to each other. You've talked about what you like and don't like. So at this point, you're like, okay, I know enough about this person that I'm going to try to impress them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I have gone as far as booking a third date. You book dates, right? Book dates. People book yeah, dates. Yeah, we definitely booked dates. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm no, you have gone as far as far <laughs> as to have a third date with this person, which means it is going a place. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's how I kind of looked at it. But I guess what I'm saying is this is so subjective because, like, if you're trying to impress someone, this, you know, the person that you're trying to impress, the way I looked at this was I'm trying to impress you because you are the person who I last had a third date with. Yeah, I did the same. So, right, exactly. <laughs> so we're on the same page. So we're Amazing. trying to impress each other. Each other. This is our third date. Right. Right, right. This is our third date. <laughs> this all needs to get taken under consideration that we are impressing each other. So if you're like listening to this podcast, get like, it. you know, whoever Absolutely. you're trying to impress might not be impressed by the things that we are impressed by. But the goal of this is is that we're saying this wine, this beer impressed us. We hope it will impress you. We think they are superb. I'm already impressed. I'm impressed. Cool. Well, I'm going to go ahead. Oh, did you hear that? Sorry, I just wanted to uh, open mine and let it breathe a little wow, bit. Wow, okay. Well, I'm going to open mine because I think I should go first. No, I think you should go first as well. For the sake of what I'm packing, I have brought a bottle of Drapier Coach d'Or. It is there. Ooh, um, it sounded so much louder in the microphone. I know. It was quieter. <laughs> All the real wine heads know the quieter you open the bottle. The more impressive it is. So, sorry. really changes the flavor of the wine. Oh, shut up. Doesn't. But you don't want to release a lot of force. There's like two tires worth of 
pressure in a bottle of true and real sparkling Like a car wine. tire or yeah. a bike tire? A car tire. Or that. Be serious. Truck tire. Seriously, like five ATM pressure. Sorry, I'm leaning over to hand my my husband, my darling husband. A flute, a real glass flute. No bullshit acrylic cups for this one, guys. Come on. This I'm is... already impressed. Can we go on a fourth date? <laughs> oh, that's the rest of our lives, baby. <laughs> Lucky you. So I want to talk briefly about this. Oh, I'm going to talk <laughs> at great length, actually, about this this wine. So the Drapier family goes back to, like, 1808 making champagne in the heart of Côte de Bal. So there's a few places in Champagne country where the Champenoise method reigns. And, it, you know, we all know the, the adage that it's like, it's not champagne unless it's made in Champagne. It's just sparkling wine everywhere else. And that is true, legally. Wine nerds. That is true. Well, you know, you have to have, gotta have rules over some no, I things. I agree. Put your nose in there. Put your strolls. Oh, can you hear that? Like, nice. shh. That's Sounds like a, crickets. That's the sound of bubbles. Yeah. So this is their flagship champagne. This is kind of like their house style. When you hear the term vintage champagne or non-vintage, or you'll see like the NV on a bottle, it is more often going to be non-vintage because for a champagne to be vintage, it has to be an exceedingly good year or rare year, or they're going after a particular style because the whole deal with champagne is blending. When you see like red blend on a bottle or white blend, no one's ever terribly impressed. But when it comes to champagne, blending is what makes it incredible. It's what makes it absolutely superior in a lot of ways to, you know, other sparkling wines. What are you blending? Are you blending, so blending different kind of grapes or grapes, years yes. or the everything? Three grapes that are allowed into a champagne blend, legally allowed, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, and Meunier, Tite Meunier. Those are the only three grapes that can be allowed in there. It, very, very seldom exceptions. Sometimes they're only using Chardonnay, Blanc de Blanc, or they're only using Pinot Noir or Meunier together. That's Blanc de Noir. But this one is going to be majority Pinot Noir, about 80% of the blend. So you get a lot of this gorgeous red fruit. You get a lot of peach all up in there. Very peachy. Very peachy. Very stone fruit. Yes, stone fruit, red fruit, breadiness, quince. I mean, quince isn't a thing in New Orleans. If you're from here, you're like, what the hell is a quince? It's a <laughs> fruit. that start with the letter Q? Quince. White um, man can't jump. <laughs> <laughs> this is a superior, gorgeous, pinot-heavy champagne, but that's not all they're blending. They're blending years, vintages. It's very important for achieving what they call the house style in these champagne houses because the years vary so much. The weather in Champagne in that part of France is not great for grapes. Which is hilarious because it's one of the most prestigious wine growing regions in the world. Beautiful region. In history. Right. What I think is so impressive is that for being such a kind of a lousy grape growing climate in a lot of ways, they produce some of the most outstanding. They make wines. it happen. They make it happen. So that does impress me much, as Shania would say. So yeah, we're talking about blending of grapes. We're talking about blending of vintages to achieve what we're calling the house style so that we get this pretty consistent classic flavor. And that Drapier house, we'll just say, is the most impressive to us because, okay, we're going to have to, in retrospect, impress you with this. 
but we went to visit Drapier on our honeymoon. We know so little. I had not really nothing. started studying wine nothing. yet. I knew I liked drinking wine. We get to Drapier. We are on a private tour, also unbeknownst to us, with the sweetest man who ever lived. His name is Samuel. He looked like a cartoon goose. <laughs> he was so sweet and so knowledgeable. Very kind. Very kind. We were running late, and I hate to be late. Danny and I both do not like to be tardy for the party. And this man was talking to us on the phone and said, take your time. Take all of your time. <laughs> and we hung We did up not and take laughed. our time. I slammed oh, on the accelerator. Like, oh, please do be careful. Take all of your time. And we laughed and laughed and laughed because he was so nice and he made us feel so much better. So hospitality. Lovely people. Lovely region. Gorgeous. Beautiful just, wine. Oh, man. We had the time of our lives. Great time. They told us, before your tour, if you want to go get lunch, and then we'll have the tasting room open and yada, yada. So we had a little car. It was so small, just like us. And we are driving up this gorgeous hillside, and we see the first thing that looks like a restaurant. Le Berge J&B. J&B, whatever auberge means. I thought it was a whiskey house. Sure. Not going to lie. We were like, cool. Like, this ooh, is let's just go like get some French whiskey or whatever they're serving place. here. Sure. <laughs> So we sit down, and we are not supposed to be there. We're like, hmm, okay. Everyone here is in road work vests, work boots, work pants. And we're like, very clearly not working on a vineyard. We are just <laughs> sitting we down. We were out of place. We were at Definitely a place. Out we were place. people at a place. We're like, okay, this is amazing. So we sit down, and we're like, should we ask for a menu or how do we do this and the woman working there at this like tavern essentially puts food in front of us and it was a salad made of ham we get no explanation we get no information we get no choice forks we get like a glass of red wine i'm pretty sure just like put in front of us and then yeah, a, i think we were able a, to order a drink don't remember too busy looking at the salad made of ham. We have since called this the ham salad. The so famous ham salad. The famous ham salad. A few slices of ham rolled together to like nearly make like a, a scroll shape with some kind of dressing, capers. Creamy. Yeah, the creamy. dressing was creamy. Guys, I'll post pictures. Get, head to my social. You can follow me at Laney Pants on Instagram. I'll go ahead and just repost the ham salad because this is important that everyone sees it. So we're looking at each other and then at this ham salad like, okay, this happened. Where do we go from here? And I'm looking around like other people have ham salads. Some have moved on. I got to say. It didn't suck. It did not suck. And you know what? This champagne would have been delicious with that ham salad. Amazing with the ham salad. I mean, it's got got that fruity and breadiness. And this ham salad had like peas and Oh, peas. I forgot about the peas and the ham. And creamy dressing. And it was just like. It was great. Loved it. We asked, how how do we pay the l'édition? Like, how? how We have seen no evidence that anyone has paid. And I think they made up a price. Another Honestly, sign it was that like, we were like, we are not supposed to be like here. It was like $30. Yeah, it was absurd. It was very silly. <laughs> and so they were like, uh, yeah, sure, here. So all this to say, folks, is that we get back to our gorgeous wine house, Drapier, where we are met by Michel Drapier himself, like the son of like the 
the guy, nicest guy ever. He literally says, "Oh, you're on your honeymoon. How exciting! Welcome!" Like kiss, kiss both cheeks. I'm like, "Oh my god, this is so cute." Heaven. Literally, he gives us a piece of parchment that's printed like the global warming according to Michel Drapier and it's like the first one is 1800s and it's like big old pair of bloomers or whatever like might um, as well be wearing pants right and they're all on a clothesline and the next one is 1950 something and it's like skimpy little bikini thing and then it says 2000 question question mark and it's just a fig leaf and it just draws throughout the years of global warming or whatever like what it's possibly going to be and he signs it and then we are informed that we just ate lunch where the vineyard workers eat and that it was very strange of us the to do The vineyard so. workers are fed very well. Very well. and But they were like, why did you go there? <laughs> we're like, we don't know. It was the first place we saw. And they were like, you could have gone one more block. And it was like actual restaurants. I'm like, no, I prefer this. I prefer the experience that we had. We are... We're, let's face it, we're blue-collar workers. We are among our people eating ham salads. But I just have to say that between this wine and the story that comes with it, I am I think that's impressive. I think, I think I'm going to win. Okay. Well, if you ever go on a third date with someone else, you can tell them that well, story. Well, I know. That's what I'm saying. You'd be impressed because you think it's cute. I am, I am very impressed. It was a delicious story. Well, I just, I'm saying I should win. Okay. Shall we move on to the beer portion of this? Yes, queen. Okay. Beer me. So let me beer this up a little bit. What I brought in today is called Plink mm. by Grim Ales. Sorry, I'm trying to pour and speak at the same time, and it is not going well. <laughs> Help me out there. Take here. all of your time. Okay. Grim is a brewery out of Brooklyn. They brew a lot of sour beers. The first time I had it was at 504 Craft Beer Reserve, and I was incredibly impressed. This is a very lovely sour ale fermented in a fodor, which a fodor is just a big vessel. It's used in wine. It's used in beer. can be made out of wood, steel. So this is a wild sour, so wild yeast. It's... Typically, a yeast you can't really control. Not a lot of people do it unless they have a separate facility because it can infect the rest of your brewery and and sour and ruin a lot of other beers that you don't want to be sour. So this is a sour ale with hibiscus and Valencia orange. It is a Britannomyces forward bacteria. So Britannomyces is a is a wild yeast. It generally can impart uh, tropical fruit, but as well as like horse blanket or barnyard or any funky farmhousey flavors. And then, like I said, it has hibiscus and orange. So the hibiscus is going to contribute a lot of like earthy and fruity tartness. And then the Valencia orange is going to just contribute that citrusiness to it. So the reason I chose this is because one, I love it. Mm. And two, it is a wine drinker's beer. Oh, okay. Regardless of who you're going on a third date with. It's me. It's <laughs> it's Brittany, bitch. <laughs> I am your wife. Whether they like beer or they like wine, I feel like you're going to find a lot of common ground here. And I wanted to save this one, but I also wanted to come out with a bang on this uh, third date situation because you're trying to impress a person, mm-hmm. right? 
I don't know. I just feel like it has complexity. Totally. And it's only what five, five and a half percent or so. So this is like almost like a starter. It has a cocktail. It has wine. It has yeah. beer. It's aperitivo. Yeah, it, sure. it, it, you can start your date on this wine, and then you—I mean, on this beer. I'm sorry. Oh well, <laughs> Freudian. Not wine. Freudian. <laughs> you can start your date on this. Served with a cheese board. Totally. Or any like small appetizer or just alone by itself. And and I feel like it's impressive enough that you you're you know, you're you're gonna be happy, your date's gonna be happy, and you can uh drink it and then probably move on. I I, I don't know make that out. I would have you're saying you can make out after. Uh you might want to hire A B V for that just or, immediately. I like champagne. Like you could just hmm. Okay. So I love this. I think it is spot on that you said it's like wine drinkers, beer. It's polarizing, though, because Botanomyces, you know, in the wine world and in the beer world, it's polarizing. I think that you and I both particularly enjoy that funkiness. And if the prompt is to impress each other, which in my mind and heart. I did think about you whenever I was picking this. Oh, totally. As you should think about me. Legally, you should think about me at all times. I love this. I think the Valencia orange is so expressive. Mm-hmm. Hibiscus is lovely. It's not a sweet hibiscus. It's tart. I think almost the orange is what's kind of giving yeah, some it's sweetness. Citrusy. Like it's citrusy. It's, it's sweet, really but it's nice. also very earthy. I think it has yes. a, a lot of complexity, but it's balanced. Yes. I think it's a gorgeous beer. Love it. But I will say, if we're talking third dates, being impressive, I'm sorry. But champagne is inherently impressive. That's saying I'm interested. Sure. Impressed. I will say I tried to go with a banger on this one. And you did. And I mean, it is a banger. And this is a one pint bottle. So that's on the the higher end of a beer. However, I do have to say you got me on the drapier. I mean, if you're coming out with that on a third date. Trounce in your ass. I mean, (laughs) you are really trying to impress somebody. That's like a one-year anniversary or just an anniversary in general style, style of wine. So if you are coming out with that on a third date, then that person is, one, very lucky. And two, you were very into them. And I, I, I concede, un, you know, I, I don't I want, want to. unconditional surrender. <laughs> that is all I will accept. I semi-unconditionally... <laughs> <laughs> on this one. You're, this is so hard for you. I appreciate that you even are saying the words because... I know, I should have saved this beer. No, I think, you know, it's well put because, well, not really because champagne is always going to be the, you know, champagne for a reason. Yeah, I mean, no, your I, beer was fantastic. That is a gorgeous beer. I think more beer should be made like that, like really intentionally and artfully. Yeah, and, and I mean, shout out to Grimm. They they do a lot of these like sour, funky beers. The and bottle, we're going to have to po- post a picture of the bottle because and it's And the color. Gorgeous. I mean, look at this color. This it color really is, um, is, it's got this like pinkish, orange, just absolutely stunning. I was very excited when I found it again. Maybe they'll turn up again for the pod. I think they will. I mean, I think that was a great choice. And as far as Drapier in town goes, you can find Drapier, the carte d'or, at Second Vine on Magazine. It's a great place to stop in and get a wine. You can also find it at Spirit Wines, also on Magazine, and Aileen. Fantastic selection there as well. Special thanks to the Southern Food and Beverage Museum for hosting us in their podcast studio. 
Mustard Mash is part of the Nitty Grits Podcast Network. You can listen to this podcast as well as many other food and beverage podcasts at southernfood.org. See y'all next time where there will be a winner, winner, chicken dinner.